My name is Phil. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. We are in season two and this is episode 51. We are going to dive right in. I've got an episode with Staticus 3000. He is the maker of the Raspi Bolt and he is currently working with the Shift Crypto team making some really amazing Bitcoin products. Thank you very much for joining me for another episode of the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I actually have a very special guest that I met a long time ago on the Lightning Node Roundtable. Uh, his project was actually the first Lightning project I attempted, and it taught me a lot about myself and uh, what my capabilities were. And I'm really happy that uh, he's here to join me again. Um, it's none other than Staticus3000. Staticus, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, very cool to be back. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So look, I, I know that there's been a lot of new developments since I, I first actually spoke with you about uh, the Raspi Bolt and, uh, and the Raspi Blitz. Um, we actually did your, your rabbit hole story on the first episode of the Roundtable. So for people that want to check it out, that'll be in the show notes. But today we are talking about some different things. We're talking about the uh, the Bitbox base, which I think is really really cool, and I think is kind of pushing the uh, it, it's kind of pushing the nodes to uh, you know to uh, you know try uh, to to have better hardware and uh, to have better performance. So I'm excited to talk about that, and we're also going to talk about the updates on the uh, the Raspi Bolt. So uh, yeah, that's awesome. Looking forward to it. Cool. So right. we've met the first time at the um, Lightning Roundtable. And I know you you kept that going. That's really cool. I listened to a few of them. I was a bit hesitant to come back because I was at that time just starting at, in my new role, um, building the Bitbox base like as a really like like a real product, not just a hobbyist project. And I wasn't really comfortable like trying to oversell things. So. I needed to figure out stuff myself first and make sure that it actually works. But I think now we're in a good space. We just started beta program. We actually have devices. We sent them out and we get feedback and it, it seems to work. So I'm now much more comfortable talking about the product and the project that we're building. So if you don't mind, we can just write, dive right through it. Okay, cool. And before actually, right before we start, though, I, I'm going to also just add that we're going to post a link to there's a gentleman um, on Twitter, Elkim XOC, that posted mm -hmm. a really, really nice preview. And that got me super excited. So we're going to post a, a link to that in the show notes. But uh, yeah, so uh, let's dive right in, man. Tell us about the Bitbox base. I mean, you know, I started with the rest people, um, my own documenting my own learnings on the Raspberry Pi, building a Bitcoin full node, building lightning on top of that. But that was a Raspberry Pi 3. So a lot of limitations. Um, you weren't really able to download the chain and validate everything. So you needed to have your own um, laptop or computer, do the heavy lifting and then copy stuff over. And that was fine. I mean, as a, for a hobbyist project, and for me, it was all, always more about the journey, not really the end product. Um, so I learned a lot myself and I tried to document that. But my real goal after that was always to to push this Bitcoin full node, lightning node to the next level where it's really something that everybody can use. Um, 
yeah, and um, I'm based in Zurich, Switzerland. So this is also where Shift Crypto security is. And I've been a long time fan of them with the Bitbox One first, um, when they redid their uh, Bitbox app, which is the desktop app that allows you to use the Bitbox hardware wallet. From the start, they had the option to connect it to your own full node, which is awesome. I tweeted about that like one and a half years ago or something. Um, and I actually tested it immediately with Electrum Personal Server from Chris Belcher, which I had on the original Raspberry Bolt uh, project, and it just worked. So that was super awesome. Um, but it's not really good uh, user experience if you have to put all your like extended public keys in the configuration and rescan the chain. So, the goal for me was always to have a full Bitcoin node that is easily usable with hardware wallets. And then the fun part is Lightning, right? But for me, it's not only Lightning. I didn't want to start with Lightning and then maybe come back to the on-chain stuff. So for me, having a fully validating Bitcoin full node that is actually usable in everyday life. And for me, everyday life is using hardware wallets is at least equally important as having fun with lightning. So how do you, uh, let me ask you this, um, how do you feel about the, the current user experience right now? Like, I, I mean, do you, do you think that, that we're there yet for, you know, for, for, for mom and pop or, or do we still have a ways to go? I guess just using a lightning node is kind of the easy way so you can have a web interface and have a full node below that and then make somehow lightning transactions. This, that is not really so much a big challenge, I think. I mean, there are awesome projects out there that you can already buy today and they do a really good job in doing that. Um, but it's still very technical. Mm -hmm. Either it's very technical and you need, it's kind of, maintenance intense for yourself or the project takes a lot of shortcuts and for example doesn't provide support for hardware wallets or let, doesn't let you uh, validate your own on-chain transactions so i think the challenge is to really have everything running as one product and not just as a collection of individual services mm -hmm. that you might want to use so so hold on a second. I, I want to back up and talk about the the Bitbox base. So because I did notice this, and I, I might be mistaken, but um, in my eyes, uh, I I can't actually validate uh, on chain transactions through a Casanode. I mean, there there is I I have a there's a Bitcoin wallet there and everything, but I I can't. It's not like having a Trezor or a, a cold card or or something like that. So the the Bitbox base does that. Um, does that have the ability to, uh, you know, like to sign and verify transactions? Yes. And this wow. is, I think, the first step. I mean, Casa is exactly one of the projects I'm referring to. They have mm -hmm. a super good user interface. They're really cool lightning node. But as far as I understand it, I'm maybe I'm not quite up to date, but they don't let you use hardware wallets or any other um, wallet of your choice to actually verify the on-chain transactions. 
but of course they have their other services which are probably supposed to do that but it, it seems like a, a waste of space um, and resources to fall, run a full bitcoin node and actually not using it if you do that you might as well just use it like as a, a light client and build lightning on top of that well, that's that's pretty much what it is, and that's I, I you know what I um, I like that you shed light on that because I, uh, you know, I was just looking at my my experience and I, I was thinking, okay, maybe I just don't understand, you know, maybe I'm missing something. So uh. I think um, from from what I, my all my discussions I had over the months, I think it's a common misconception that people actually help the network by running Bitcoin Core, and. Um, and maybe use it for lightning so i guess they're somewhat helping the lightning network in a way i'm not sure depends on your channel management but just using bit just running bitcoin core and not actually using it to verify your incoming transactions mm -hmm. and I, I mean the important ones these are usually the ones that you do with hardware wallets and not just uh, like a phone hot wallet doesn't actually do anything for the network this is why I've written a blog post some time ago, why we need um, full nodes and economic ones. Um, for me, that's really a, a topic very dear to my heart. I think this is very, very important that everybody has at least the option to run a full node and use it with hardware wallets. No, I, I do agree that 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 is a very good point. Um, in the, it, we'll post a link to your, uh, you know, to your blog post in the show notes okay. yeah cool. for the listeners because yeah that that's definitely cool i i didn't realize that uh, that you were so passionate about that that's, yeah that's awesome and i guess this was also one of the main um goals redoing my recipe bolt guide which is now like recipe bolt 2 works with hardware wallets um because now with the raspberry pi 4 and i decided very early on well it doesn't really make any sense to be backwards compatible for all eternity. So I, I, it's still archived, the old um, guide. You can access it on GitHub. But if you now go to the Raspberry Bolt website, it's you need to have a Raspberry Pi 4 mm -hmm. because it makes everything so much easier. You can download the chain. You can validate everything directly on the Pi. And which is what is very important for me, you can actually now run a full Electrum server on top of that. Yes. And this is what lets you interact for now. I mean, there are other projects that aim to do that without Electrum. Um, but for now, in my opinion, it's the best way to use hardware wallets with your own fully validating node. Um, let's talk about the, uh, the hardware of the Bitbox base, because if I'm not mistaken, you guys, you're you're using what is it like NV? Um, like you're not we're us using the. Well, we're using the um, from the manufacturer is Pine sixty four. Yes. So it's 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 a, it's uh, the same manufacturer as the novel. Um, we're using a little bit a uh, stronger board, the Rock Pro sixty four. Um, not necessarily because it's more powerful. It is, but um, I, that only really matters during the initial lockdown. Load. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the cool thing is that it has internal PCIe slots, yes. which allows us to directly connect uh, SSD internally yes. and not doing this like, okay, 
let's either have a cable coming out and the back in again or using these brackets but they i think only support usb2 so this is like we try to not do shortcuts but of course that also makes the project much more demanding in terms of time and resources and people that are working on it but this is the one thing that we really loved about the rock pro 64 so everything that is user facing like a usb um, a connection that you can plug in your um, flash drive which we actually ship with the big box base to allow you to take a backup is user front it's like user how do you say it's in the front facing oh the yeah user. and all the power it's the forward facing all that's that st stuff is on the back so it's a really good um, setup of the board it has the internal um, pcie connection it has four gigabytes of ram and if you're thinking over clearnet um it's 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 about one and a half days for a full download including validating everything including indexing electors the indexes so after one and a half days you're ready to go that's huge i i mean i have to be honest with um when i did the raspy uh the raspy blitz 1.3 on my mm -hmm. on my rpi4 mm -hmm. with ssd um i was impressed with i think it took me um just uh, just under 48 hours okay that's awesome yeah i was trust me man i was i was super pumped but i mean come on like one and a half days is pretty sweet like and you're up and running yeah that's you know true. what i mean like that's that's pretty huge so you shaved off even more time <laughs> yeah, <we did. laughs> and we're i think we're, we're trying not to be too um ideologically driven or maximalist I mean, we are in, in our heart, but not everybody out there is. And we think in the end, the user should have the choice how he wants to set it up, how he wants to use it. So, I mean, we can we can take a step back later and talk about the goals of the Bitbox base and all that stuff. Mm. But just like the initial setup, um, we ship with a pre-synced SSD. Yeah. But when you set it up, because there are use cases where people don't have a, only have shitty internet connection. Not everybody can afford to download 250 gigabytes. Um, maybe they're on mobile or I don't know. Yeah. Like some rural internet connections. I know people that, for example, a friend of mine is living in Fairbanks, Alaska. <laughs> he has really shitty internet. So <laughs> imagine like syncing the full chain up there. <laughs> so we ship. It might not be the ideologically purest thing, but we, we, we give the user, when he sets it up with a setup wizard, a clear indication what he can do. We recommend he wipes the whole, like he, he should wipe the thing, but if he wants to go just and use it, even just for trying out or whatever, he still has the option to do that. So I, I think that that's the right thing to do. You know what I mean? Like that is, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with that because you just said it. Not everybody has the same internet. Not everybody has the same use case. And look, you give the option right away to say, hey, dump this. Let me start over or let me continue with what I've got. Yeah. So that that's pretty cool. You know that. And the same goes also for um, having the device Tor only by default. Mm -hmm. um, we also make, you can have, do this the quick setup 
like just okay three clicks and you're done then it's using the pre-synced chain but it's tor only and you're basically done but you can have a very more customized setup where you can change everything and then you also have the choice to use tor or don't use tor because there are also jurisdictions where just using tor makes you super suspicious so you might want to use a <laughs> vpn on your own setup which might be better than using tor at all so we still give that option but the device is tor by default oh okay um so you guys I, i'm assuming that uh, the bitbox base has a uh, web interface uh, as all these as all these nodes do is it uh, is it a proprietary one or are you guys uh, leveraging ride the lightning it actually hasn't <laughs> <laughs> so that might be the doesn't interesting part so so listen i uh, i joined in <laughs> april yeah. i joined shift crypto security and these guys are awesome i mean they're like security professionals they're embedded programmers c rust i don't know we have web designers we, we have all these capabilities in-house we do our own hardware um but with that co comes a very different mindset as well and it was my own gut feeling but it got validated pretty quickly that if you're producing like a real product that is that is like has security at the at the heart it, it's supposed to be a secure product right first and foremost but it's also a networked device and this is true it, it actually handles your single source of truth so we, it's really really important to reduce the attack surface as much as possible I mean, in the end, we're running a Linux um, operating system on there. So it's never going to be super, super secure. If you have physical access, for example, we can't really prevent anybody like flashing a different firmware, but we can make it harder. But it, what I'm trying to say, it's, it's not like a hardware wallet, right? So it has a big attack surface, but running a web server with like hundreds of dependencies by Node.js, for example, that we that we don't control um, on a networked device seems like a not the most secure choice, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So it opens it opens a lot of additional attack surface, and a lot of people can exploit um, remotely. Um, code that we that doesn't come from us so i'm assuming that uh you connect to it uh, it's through command line no oh, <laughs> so, oh my god so sorry so what we decided to do is <laughs> it's supposed to be a note for mom and pop right and of course oh wow it's also supposed to be like a, an integral part of the shift crypto security products platform so we already have the, the Bitbox O2 now, the hardware wallet. We have the Bitbox app that comes with that. And then we have the Bitbox base. So it, it, it just makes sense um, to have the Bitbox app also be the user interface for the Bitbox base. So if you have these three things, we can make it super, super simple to 
do everything just as it was meant to be signed, be uh, designed together. But of course, I mean, my heart is do it yourself. My everything we do is open source. So the Bitbox app is open source. You can download it and use it without a hardware wallet. And you can also build your own Bitbox base, do it yourself, just download the image or even compile it yourself. Um, you don't need to buy anything from us to use that. But if we have an app anyway, and we have a node, we can make it so that if you're on the app, it monitors like the, the zero com for MDNS um, connection in your network. And if you plug in the Bitbox base, it just pops up. And the only endpoint we provide, so an API endpoint on the Bitbox base, is to open an end-to-end -end encrypted channel. You cannot do anything else. Wow. So if you so have the Bitbox app and it detects the Bitbox base and the Bitbox base has a display and you connect to it and it shows you physically the, the, the pairing hash on the base and in the app and you need to confirm like you're used to do it from hardware wallets mm -hmm. to, to like avoid any man in the middle attacks then it's first of all it's super safe because it's we're using the noise protocol framework it's the same end-to-end -end encryption that lightning uses but we also can avoid doing it like um I have super respect for the other projects. Um, I don't want to shit on them. No, no. But we, we did some design choices that I think might be better suited for our case. And for example, if you're using a Casa node, they're basically doing everything unencrypted in your own network. Yes. And they're very open about that. This is true. I, kudos to that. Um, they're not hiding it, but they even send your 24 seed words unencrypted over your home internet. So if you have a smart fridge, maybe, I don't know, in 10 years, that smart fridge might be able to just monitor your seed phrase. <laughs> On the other hand, if you do a web interface, you, you don't have a domain name, you can, the most you can do is like a self-signed um, certificate. T, uh, TLS, right? Yeah, that's right. This this gives you all these scary browser warnings. It doesn't True. Really protect you against the man in the middle. So having an app and a base and like doing it super seamlessly over one channel, I think that makes a lot of sense if you can do it. But it's a lot of work. Question for you, um, because you said that we could. You said that we could download the uh, the Bitbox uh, Bitbox base. Um, software does it does it also run on a Raspberry Pi four? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have to. So I mean, even if we get the image, we still have to go. Like we we still got to go and get the right hardware, right? It's not going to be like hardware yeah. independent where we set it up, it detects, and okay. So we've been talking a bit about the hardware, right? So yeah. We have the, the Rock <laughs> Pro sixty four. It, it's an ARM board, mm -hmm. uh, like a lot of other boards out there. We have a one terabyte SSD in it. We actually have a adapted version of the Bitbox O2 inside the Bitbox base. And this secure platform, it acts a little bit like your personal HSM. It also drives the screen. It also drives the touch buttons that we have on the device. So for example, if it shows you a QR code, you know it's coming from the like, 
let's say the HSM. And the Linux itself, which we try to make super secure, but might be compromised, the Linux itself is not able to put anything on display. Oh. So this is why we have a trusted screen and trusted buttons. We, we can talk about it, but like down the road use cases about yeah. that a little bit later. But that makes, from in my perspective, a lot of sense to enable an additional use cases where you need that. And having this Rock Pro board, then we of course need like an operating system and all the so the whole software stack. And coming back to your question, does it run on the Raspberry Pi? Um, just recently, I had a little discussion um, on Twitter with um, Luke Dash Jr. and he pointed out, and I wasn't really aware of that but it's a very interesting point that the raspberry pi is probably the most insecure arm platform out there because it's this is it, yeah. it has a it, it's it has two processors i'm not not the super expert in that but basically it boots from the gpu and the gpu controls everything and this is closed source so every operating system you put on there can be backdoored just by the closed source firmware of mm. this um, GPU. And this is also the reason why um, other distributions do not support um, the Raspberry Pi. I mean, not ideolog ideologically, but like from a technical point of view, it just has a different architecture. Yeah. So you need to run Raspbian, like the Debian variant for Raspberry Pis. So it's probably and why we, we don't see it in like industrial use cases and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Because you could, for small application, I mean, to be perfectly honest, it can do, you know, it, it can be a, a controller for HVAC systems and stuff like that. Like you absolutely can do that with this. But to your point, I mean, that's way too much of a closed source backdoor. That's interesting. Probably, yeah. Interesting. And um, we're using the operating system Armbian, which is also not totally open source it still contains some binary blobs but i don't think there's a way around that at the moment mm. um, and the interesting part is armbian can be compiled for almost any board that runs arm cpus so old roids the rock pro also the rock um, that there's like literally hundreds of boards the only one missing is the raspberry pi Interesting. So you can compile the Bitbox base on any board. Except that. <laughs> I mean. Okay. Hey, look. It's, that, how, it's how it is. It's, that's it. You know, that's cool. That's all good. But I'm definitely excited to uh, to get one because, as you know, I've got a bunch of Raspberry Pis and I, mm -hmm. I run all different types of nodes. And I wanted to get, obviously, what you know, one of your guys. Uh, I think Shift Crypto. I like what you guys are doing. I, I like you could tell the quality. I, I did the, uh, the beta for the... Um, uh, the hardware wallet, mm -hmm. Bit, uh, Bitbox, Bitbox 2? 02? Yes. Yep. And anyways, very, very sleek, very forward thinking, you know, with the haptics and the touch technology. I mean, this is like, you, you guys are definitely, uh, you know, you guys are definitely um, setting yourself apart, you know, from uh, from the rest. Cool. So it's Thanks. pretty, yeah, it's, it's definitely cool. So tell me, uh, I wanted to switch a bit gears. Um, I wanted to talk about your role in the uh, in the development process because, as you said, you know, um, you uh, you had started working at, uh, at Shift Crypto around the time that we started the uh, the Lightning Node roundtables. And uh, so, what uh, what's been your role in the uh, in the Bitbox space? I mean, for me, it was kind of 
shifting gears as well. Yeah. It's strange. I I mean I've I've worked for big companies before. I've been working for Accenture. I, I actually was employed by PwC, uh, where I quit to join Shift Crypto, and. It probably was the first time I got um, hired because of my Twitter profile. <laughs> That's awesome, no, I mean, though. I mean, one of the co-founders of Shift Crypto is Jonas Schnelli, um, the, one of the maintainers of Bitcoin Core. And he has been talking about the importance of Bitcoin full nodes in a physical form for a long time. He also presented in Lisbon, like building on Bitcoin there. and. Yeah, I mean, they, they hired me specifically to, to do that. And I'm the product lead for the Bitbox based project. I'm doing other stuff, of course, as well. Um, but I can basically follow my passion and do whatever I want and do it at a level which I was. It, it's just impossible for me to pull that off alone just from a resource perspective, but also from a knowledge perspective. I learned so much in the last three quarters of a year. It's insane. That's amazing. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm still probably the, the guy that does the operating system and I can do shell scripting and stuff. I can uh, do some Python, maybe C lightning plugins or whatever. <laughs> but then we started, okay, now we need a middleware, right? You need to have like a service that provides the API endpoints. Okay, we want to do noise protocol, end-to-end -end encryption, um, all that stuff. Uh, we're using Go in the in the company for most stuff. The embedded is C, and we're switching to Rust um, now. But I'm 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 not a devil developer. I, I'm more like a I'm, I'm really a, a tinker. I'm a, a more like the systems solution architect maybe so i know how i can yeah. tackle a problem but i'm not really the guy that gets the rubber on the street right so that's I now amazing have, we have a, like a mechanical engineer he can do like our own boards we can have a web designer we have like go backend programmers all that stuff we're working sometimes three people sometimes it's six people just on the Bitbox base project. And it's still hard. If you, we want to pull this off, like maybe a little bit over ambitious from a, like a business perspective, we probably could have shipped half a year ago, something super simple, but in the end, I hope it pays off because we're building our own software stack now. And that can run on basically any hardware. That's amazing. Except the Raspberry Pi. So, so even if we, I mean, <laughs> our CEO, he's like, um, um, he, his, his um, CV is super impressive. He basically told me, well, over time, if there's demand, let's just do our own board. But that's like down the way down the road. That's amazing. Okay, that'd be very cool. I'm already yeah, very yeah. impressed. So <laughs> that's just like that's totally over the top. Very cool. Yeah, but of course, in the end, I mean, nobody really knows what the demand is for a product like that. And it's probably also not going to be the cheapest one, at least in the beginning. So we're doing it like 
it's a, it's a big risk for us. So we, we do it what because we want to do it. I doubt we'll make a lot of money from that. Um, maybe if we can do like a version two, that is super more cost efficient later. And there's a big bull run, and everybody's convinced that you need to run your own full node. Then might be a good product to have. But in the end, it's just like having the whole Bitbox ecosystem, like in in one like. You, this is the overarching goal. We want yeah. to make ourselves like take you. We want you to take us out of the picture. So if you have a hardware wallet, and of course it also works with other hardware wallets, and you have a Bitbox base, you don't need us anymore, basically. Mm -hmm. So we don't want. Many people are not aware that if you buy a ledger, a Tresor, or a Bitbox, you you control your own keys. But everything you do that goes towards the Bitcoin network, so like the peer-to-peer -peer network, right? Mm -hmm. um, you're not doing it peer-to-peer -peer because everything you do is basically asking a big corporate API to tell you what actually happened on the blockchain. And then if you want to send something, you're actually asking the API to please send that to the Bitcoin blockchain. So we want people to be able to do it themselves. And of course it's possible today, but not for everybody, I guess. That's really cool, you know? I think you guys have the right attitude and and that's exactly what uh, definitely what Bitcoin maximalists uh, you know that that's what we want. So I mean that that's amazing like talking about the sovereign individual like that is sovereignty like to the max. So that would be very cool and and you're right. You know most people don't know that. You know I I personally mm -hmm. didn't know that until I, I I had read that maybe a couple of months ago and I I was kind of surprised and when you really take a step back and look at it, it's like, yeah, that's true. I, I am always asking for permission. Yeah, and it's so it's, it's tough. not only asking for permission. Like, in the end, it it gives you more running your own full node gives you more security because you do really verify everything yourself. You don't just believe whatever your hardware wallet manufacturer tells you, and you can claim back a lot of your privacy because even if the let's say i don't want to shit on competitors so let's take us as an example even if we promise you to we don't lock anything on our backend right mm -hmm. we don't have any interest in doing that um, but let's say police shows up with a valid court order there's not that much that we can do besides like taking the whole com company down that we could resist like a police order in our jurisdiction mm -hmm. and i would never ask a company to like sacrifice itself for my for myself because then the system inherently is flawed mm -hmm. if this is a prerequisite that companies need to like do harakiri for for the users <laughs> And then the system itself is not set up properly. This is true. This is absolutely right. Um, so let me ask you this, uh, just to switch gears a bit. So what would you like to see that that doesn't currently, uh, you know, that, that doesn't currently exist out there um, or that you think that can be improved upon? Because, I, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, I, I didn't realize that. And again, I, I didn't get to test out the Bitbox-based 
uh, even though I wanted to and I did apply for it. Um, so I, I don't really get to know uh, the whole angle of it or how um, how user-friendly it is for mom and pop, but I have used a lot of the other products, um, and I know that even though they are getting better and better, it's still the, the user experience, you still notice a shift. You know what I mean? There, there's still a shift between the fiat system and Bitcoin, like you're still you're noticing that rift. So, well, what do you think? You know, what can we what can we do better, or that you'd like to see different? <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, let's say that, or in my opinion, we really need to get the base layer right, and I think with the Bitbox base we can push that forward to make just people use their own backend. Mm-hmm. And not everybody needs to run their own full node. This is why if it's Tor only, and we will also want to provide like a, a Tor to ClearNet proxy for purposes like that, and people don't have Tor installed. We want to make it easy for people to just share a link and maybe be the one nerdy guy that runs a full node in your family and for your friends. So. Mm-hmm send them a link over mail and they connect to your node but no longer to these big corporate backends so having like more of a decentralized validation of harder wallet transactions this Mm -hmm. is for me something that i think i can personally um, make a difference then of course I'm not convinced that the base layer will ever be able to compete with the fiat money mm. in terms of like everyday use. I mean, the fiat money we usually see is not the fiat money, really, it's payment systems. Yeah, no. The itself is something different. Yes. The US dollar is something different than PayPal that just builds on the US dollar. Right? Yes, it's different layers. It... It's also the, the high-powered money issued by central banks is something different than the banks that is multiplied by 10 by commercial banks. So there are layers upon layers upon layers in, in fiat monies as well. We just don't, we don't understand them. That's right. All. And people don't see them. People really don't see them or feel them. Yeah. And if if, if Bitcoin really succeeds, like in like five, ten years, I don't know. It could be something like that, where people don't really need to understand it going down um, from the top UX level down to the base chain. But that also makes us all like it requires us to be good stewards, to not cut corners now, to really take care and build that thing up as we want to have it. Because centralized systems are always easier to build with better UX because you are allowed to cut corners. Decentralization is a huge burden on a system. And this is why I really, I'm a Bitcoin minimalist. I don't really, I just don't really care about other projects. Um, (laughs) But I don't give them too much shit either. (laughs) I have enough to do to just keep up with all the insane shit that is going on in Bitcoin. And... (laughs) Just what with all the stuff that is going on, I just read the insane tweet storm by John Newbery um, today that he outlines what he sees is in store for Bitcoin. I mean, I'm already having troubles keeping up 
to fit everything that is available today. And to be honest, I, I even I think we're maybe going a bit too far fast now, building all these different stuff in. But but it's okay. I don't. It's not me that needs to be comfortable comfortable with that. But people saying that Bitcoin is boring and slow and doesn't innovate is just like them not even looking twice it's the, the in, amount of innovation that's going on is insane they're not... i think we'll be in layer two three four before we we can say like mom and pop i i do agree and and that's interesting that you say that um you know, the, about the people that aren't paying attention to the innovation. Um, I, I think a lot of people, going back to what you said before, a lot of people don't understand the current system. A lot of people don't really understand how the money truly gets validated at the base layer and how long it actually takes. And the type of Bitcoin, the type of innovation that Bitcoin truly is in that respect. You know, so it's like, so again, people aren't understanding the layering solutions. So, you know, they just think that they go to a store, they pay for an item, it, uh, quote unquote, immediately goes through and they think that's how fast it's happening. And so they look at Bitcoin and go, well, why would I want this? It's slow. It's like you don't understand who they're competing against. You don't mm -hmm. even understand what the, the framework is. So, yeah. yeah. And they don't. It's not obvious that you pay two, three, four percent of the transaction amount just because there's all these chargeback risks and the, the transaction is actually settled weeks after that, finally. So it, it's hard to compare that. But coming back to your question, what I would yes. like, I'm not really... <laughs> so I, I'm really deep in the trenches now with building <laughs> like on-chain stuff. but. In that regard, privacy is super important for me um, in the Bitbox space, which um, I guess you, to get a, a short overview of what it actually is without going all the, into the, all the details or the time, we can provide a link to that. Um, we, as we have, like, it's a device that is on 24 seven seems like an obvious choice for me to over time also enable just like continuous coin joins or pay to endpoint or something like that all the stuff that needs some some sort of coordination that, that also goes with uh, multi-signature setups where the bitbox base as a on on network device could take part to coordinate all these signature rounds that can take place from different locations so I think doing actually people caring about on-chain, getting back their privacy, and then of course, building awesome payment networks on top of that, as we have with Lightning in the beginning. Of course, it can be better. Of course, it can improve. So many people are building on that. It's, it's really, really awesome, but I think we just need to take it one step at a time. I don't want to get it like five years, 10 years down the line. I have no clue what, what will be important then. Well, you know what? That's that's humble. And and I, uh, I, I appreciate that because, you know, I mean, that that's that's getting to, you know, getting to know our own limitations and understanding, hey, you know what? Like, I, I don't know what this is going to be like, you know? 
because we're we're moving at such a rate and we're doing things so you know that that are so kind of groundbreaking in this way. So it is very interesting. Um, I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to even though you kind of already answered this though because I was going to ask you if there was an app in the works, but you've already explained mm-hmm. you've already explained that there already is an app that can connect to the Bitbox base. Um, so we have our desktop app. Yeah. Um, for Mac, Windows, Mac, uh, Linux, all that stuff. Um, and we have a lot of plans how to make it better. Uh, um, because at the moment, it's very focused on the Bitbox or 2. It doesn't work with Trezor or Ledger. There are plans to, to actually support our competitors as well. And then, of course, use it as a user interface for the Bitbox base. And with the Bitbox base, the cool thing is then, as we already have C Lightning on there, we can just provide a Lightning um, wallet directly in the Bitbox app as well. And as we have a pretty modern setup, um, it's for us it's not that hard to also compile it for other platforms. So we already have an Android app; it's in alpha currently. Cool. But you you can use it as your at your own risk. Um, the Bitbox O2 as a hardware wallet has a USB-C connector. You have the Bitbox app on your phone. You just plug in the Bitbox O2, and you have a fully featured hardware wallet, software wallet on there. There's no difference in functionality from the desktop app. So it's fully responsive and you can do everything you want to do also on mobile. I think it's very important just that uh, we touch up on this again because right now most of the do-it-yourself projects and stuff like that that are out there and even the the you know the Casa Node is they're all built they're they're built on LND um, and you guys are built on C Lightning. Yes, that's true. So that's cool. I, I I don't have a node from that that has a C Lightning base uh, code base. So I'm I'm kind of excited. <laughs> yeah, it was. It took us quite some time to take that decision. Um, it was not an easy decision because we knew when we go the C Lightning road down, um, we forego a lot a lot of low hanging fruits. So back then there wasn't any like interoperability layer, like the Joule browser extension, SAP. We knew all that wouldn't work out of the box with the Bitbox space. But from our perspective, C Lightning is just better suited for server operations. It has awesome server plugin capability. Um, It's super efficient. Um, And LND is, is, is also a great product. From my perspective, it just focuses more on desktop use. It's just one one big binary, while this, for example, C Lightning is, is, is a multiple of different binaries. You can swap them out. Um, it's more, much more modular. So for our own use case, it made sense to use C Lightning. And again, here, we knew that we then just need to do everything ourselves, but not taking any corners. Also, the little rebel in us told us well, everybody's running C, uh, LND. Fuck that. Somebody <laughs> needs to build on C Lightning because we need this decentralization, right? That's right. If everybody follows the white LND rabbit. What's the use? You're absolutely right. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Um, 
so here I just uh, one of the um, I guess w one of the the final things I uh, I guess I wanted to ask you because uh, again I don't want to take up too much of your time um, was just about your uh, the changes to because your original project which you mentioned at the beginning was the raspy bolt and now mm -hmm. you've given it like a, a facelift and if you could just uh, I guess you know just let us know you know what's what's changed and what's new mm -hmm. or um it's basically the, the same setup in regards to Bitcoin Core, and this uses LND. Um, so that didn't really change. I changed the structure a bit. I made it easier. Um, you can now validate everything directly on the device. Um, and the big change was that now the, the recipe bolt is also Tor only. So my experience with a lot of people building raspberry pis they got up and running pretty quickly but they just failed miserably on port forwarding networking all that stuff and tor is awesome for privacy it gives you anonymity on the network all that stuff but it also solves a lot of the networking issues because if you run an lnd node for example it's just listening and every other uh, LND node that wants to connect to you needs to first come in through your router, needs to find your device and then connect to the right port. So you need to set all that routing up yourself. But Tor is actually calling out. So if you run Tor, it connects from inside your network to the Tor nodes and that works every time. This yeah. is really um, going out is never a problem coming in is super hard. But <laughs> then because you already have the connection established, you're just reachable on the Tor network. That's right. No, no biggie. So that's really, really cool. And then, of course, uh, the thing that is dear to me, um, I have now directly um, the, the, the full Electrum server is um, up from the start. The Raspberry Pi is now powerful enough to just um, after syncing Bitcoin Core and setting up LND as Lightning, you install Electrus, which is a super cool um, implementation of the Electron protocol in Rust by Roman Seide. And it takes about two hours, builds about 40 gigabytes of indexes, and then you have every address, everything that you want to ever know from your hardware wallets, you can just query your own full node. That is fantastic. Very cool. Maybe if I may just point out one thing that coming from the rest people and the do-it-yourself stuff, it was always super important for me. Also the stuff that I do now in like a more of a paid day job is from the beginning, I think from April, June, we we open sourced everything almost immediately, even in a non-working state. And we have been building everything fully in the open. So the Bitbox base, you can see all of our almost 300 pull requests, all the documentation, all the discussion that we have internally, it's all on GitHub. So we're really not ashamed to also don't know any, uh, all, everything. And if you want to um, compile the operating system, including everything that we put on there yourself, 
you can just download, clone the repository, type make, and it, com it just compiles everything. And out comes a disk image you can flash and just buy a Rock Pro. It also, it, I made sure for, from the start that it works also with regular USB drives. So you don't need an internal storage. You can just connect the USB SSD and that works pretty fine. Cool. I um I just got your uh, your link. Um, I just want to make sure that uh, that this is the right one because for for the Raspi Bolt the uh, the two it's staticus.github.io forward slash Raspi Bolt. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I made the the uh, I made the, the mistake to have it like Ken's case sensitive, <laughs> so so it's not that easy. You need to have the right upper and lowercase characters, I guess. Oh yeah. No, I uh, yeah. That's so, a bit stupid of me, but I'm not sure how to change that. No, no, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna add that to the show notes so people can get to your project and everything. Um, so, uh, you know, before we, uh, you know, before we uh, close out, do you have any uh, any final thoughts or anything that you want to share with the listeners? I mean, I'm I'm humbled every day um, how much talent there is, and I think for people on Twitter. It's very, very important to recognize that most people building are actually not on Twitter. So this is true. <laughs> it's insane. We're such a loud minority, and especially like the, the, the toximalists out there. I, I like them a lot. Sometimes, sometimes not as much, but um, it's not really representative. And we had a lot of discussions as well with Bitcoin only or not or whatever. And we have the Bitbox 02. There is a Bitbox, a Bitcoin only edition, which only ever will run the Bitcoin only firmware. But for us as a company, I think sometimes the discussion goes a bit too far, where like this like super maximalist um, thinking that even companies that are maybe also doing like other stuff are already com uh, like considered bad actors. Yeah. For me, that's not really helpful. And I think overall we can build better Bitcoin products by also like taking in money or keep our company afloat with doing stuff that is maybe interesting to companies or other like not maximalists. In the end, we all profit, and I think the the spirit is really what counts, not how toxic or how maximalist you are on Twitter. I like that. I like that. So, how uh, how could people reach you? What's the what's the easiest way to reach you? I guess it's on Twitter, Staticus three thousand. Uh, my DMs are always open. Um, I have my own GitHub. Um, the stuff on shiftcrypto.ch. Of course, we have. A lot of the on there we also have the bitbox space we have technical documentation and all the code of course is open source so i guess there's a lot to dig through um if you have any questions just shoot me a dm on twitter uh, i'll be happy to answer thank you so much for uh, for joining me on my podcast man it's been serious pleasure i really appreciate it sure cool nice discussion thanks a lot thanks Hope everybody enjoyed my discussion with Staticus3000. You could find his contact information in the show notes. As for me, uh, you can contact me through Telegram or Twitter. I'm at CoinIcarus. If you want to 
reach me by email. You can actually reach me at my new email, coinicarus at funwithbitcoin.com. And if you guys want to check out my merch site, uh, you can go to moetarags.com, go to All Clothing and go to Fun With Bitcoin Podcast and you can check out our merch and uh, support the podcast. Catch you all next time.